John Thurman's Resilient Solutions Shortcast, Episode 24, How to Deal with Holiday Loss and Grief. The song says, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And while this Advent season, this holiday season, Christmas 2021, can be a wonderful, joyous occasion, for many, it's a really tough and dark time. Hello, my name is John Thurman, and you're listening to my podcast, Resilient Solutions Shortcast, where I help you become more resilient in your personal life, your relationships, your business endeavors, and in your faith. And today, I'm going to be sharing with you some great information about bereavement and grief, and also give you 10 proven steps that you can take to lower your sorrow and sadness over the holidays. With that in mind, why don't we jump right in? Grief is a lot like the ocean, isn't it? It ebbs and it flows. It has seasons of high tides and seasons of very low tides. Sometimes its waters are as calm as glass. And other times its rough waves and riptides can overwhelm you and make you feel like you're going to drown. And sometimes all we can do with grief is practice water safety. I'm an old water safety instructor and lifeguard, so I hope what I'm going to share with you today will give you some tools. As a matter of fact, I know the 10 steps I'm going to share with you can help you push back grief and have a great holiday. Well, let's jump right in, okay? And to start right off, I'm going to probably get some of you just a little bit mad at me because I want to talk about the grieving process. And for years, we've been told that Kubler-Ross's five-fold model is the way to go. And while the grief industry has picked up on that and people quote it like it was chapter and verse, the truth is that research does not bear that out. The truth is that the research tells us and years and years of study in human history show us that people deal with grief and bereavement in about three ways. And while I'm a little bit timid about saying this, the science shows us that people grieve in very distinct ways. And we've been able to look at history through ancient writings to see that this process is pretty much the same. So today I'm going to give you a brief introduction to the three types of grief responses, three basic ways people deal with bereavement. And then we'll talk about the 10 things you can do to lower your grief and sadness and sorrow over these holidays. Well, let's jump right in, okay? And before I get started, let me just remind you that grief is an intensely personal and unique experience for everybody. Dr. George Bonanno's book, The Other Side of Sadness, broke some new ground and busted up some of the old myths that we have about grief and loss. Matter of fact, what his research showed us is that there are no clearly defined stages of grief and that you don't go through any type of grieving process in any type of sequential order. As a matter of fact, grief is as unique as your thumbprint. And so we need to be careful about telling people where they should be in the grief process. Here's what the research shows us. And I would encourage you to read my blog. It goes a little bit more detail. And you just get my blog at john at johntherman.net forward slash blog. First type of grief is what we called or what he labeled as the prolonged chronic grief pattern. This impacts 10 to 15% of the population. And this type of grief, the pain is extreme and enduring. It can last for years. And grief is seen as a long and agonizing process. 
That's about 10 to 15% of the population. Some indicators may be up at 20. The second type of recovery pattern, which is the most significant and most common around the world, and this is probably in 50 to 60% of the population, is the resilient recovery pattern. These people feel the pain of the loss. They face the reality of the loss and deal with the sadness and pain of that person no longer being in your life. This pain can be acute from a few days to a few months. But eventually they accept the loss and readjust to reality without their loved one. But this person will tend to move through the loss in a fairly rapid manner. And while they are grateful for the past they had, they're also beginning to look towards a new beginning. And this is around 50 to 60% of the population around the world. The final type of grief recovery is the recovery known as the gradual recovery pattern. This, once again, is about 15 to 20% of the population. And they might experience intense suffering and pain for a shorter time, but it can last months and maybe up to a year. They gradually pull themselves back together and begin the process of embracing their new normal. And while they seem healthy, and for the most part they are, they can still experience the pain of the loss years later. If you'd like to learn more about these three types of bereavement patterns, let me encourage you to get Dr. George Bonanno, that's B O. N-A-N-O, George Bonanno's book, The Other Side of Sadness. It's a great read. Before moving forward, I'd like to tell you that I've had to deal with some holiday grief over the years. In uh, December 2016, my mama went on to be with Jesus. And just a few weeks later, on January 11th, my dad joined her in heaven. And just so you understand, I'm not sharing this with a licensed mental health professional or as a minister. But as someone who's had to walk through losing two parents in about a six-week period. Now, my family loved the holidays. My mom and dad made sure that our holidays were a time of, of wonder and joy. And so this is a few Christmases after they've been gone, and I still miss them. As a matter of fact, I made a batch of Martha Washington candy for my brothers and my sisters uh, this week, and that was a candy she used to send me when I was away. While it's a tough time, it's also a season of reflection and joy for all that they poured into me. So with that in mind, let me just share with you 10 things that you can do to help you cope in the holidays. Number one, be prepared for some sad moments and some sad memories. You won't need to be looking for them. They'll just present themselves, I promise you. They might show up in a smell, a song, a sound, a memory, a photograph. And when they show up, give them the time that they need to be processed. Number two. If you're worried about having too much time on your hands to overthink your losses, fill up some of those empty slots with good things. Maybe a good movie. Maybe inviting someone out for coffee. Doing something for someone else. Whatever you do, do not isolate. Number three, honor and celebrate old traditions and memories. We've been doing this all week at our house as my wife and I talk about Christmas's past as we prepare some of the candy and things that were prepared for us when we were young ones. Number four. Be intentional about creating some new traditions and memories. You want to honor and celebrate the old, but you want to build some new ones. Number five, and this is real important, and that is to identify and expand your best coping skills. You develop a tool chest of coping skills. What I want to encourage you to do this holiday season is to pull them out, dust them off, and use the ones that have worked. Number six. Avoid isolation. Folks, you want to avoid isolation like the plague. 
It will steal your dreams. It will make you more depressed and more sad. It'll make you feel helpless and hopeless. So whatever you do, avoid isolation. Volunteer at your church or in your community. Serving others is a great way to avoid the life-sucking self-loathing that sadness, depression, and bereavement can bring your way. Number eight, and this is, folks, where you have to cut yourself a little bit of slack. Have reasonable expectations of yourself. And you can do this by just asking yourself a couple of questions. And the first one is, how do you think you're doing? How are you doing in your own recovery process, in your own grieving process? Are you better, stuck, or worse? And then based on what you know about grief, are you in an okay place? And if you're in doubt, ask a friend. That's why we have friends and family. Ask that friend, that trusted friend to go, say, how do I seem to be doing? If they're a real friend, they'll speak truth. Well, moving on to number nine. This is so important because as you're in this process, depending on where you are in your journey, you want to make sure that you set good boundaries around your time, your expectations, and your activities. I want you to be busy, but don't be too distracted. Number 10, if you need help, get it. Reach out to family and friends, ministry leaders, maybe your small group leader, someone you know and trust. Let them know how you're doing and be honest with them. There are also a host of therapists, online help, resources, and crisis lines if you need them. Matter of fact, just a couple of really important ones is the National Helpline, which is one 800 662-4357. That number once again is 1-800-662-4357. If you're a veteran, the Veterans Helpline is 1-800-273-8255. Once you dial that number, then press 1. Once again, the Veterans Helpline is 1-800-273-8255 and press the number 1. Well, I hope you found these helpful. I want you to have the best possible holiday you can. I'd also love to hear from you. You can leave me a comment in the show notes. If you've got questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. And if you've got some questions, I'd love to try to answer them for you. Hey, I'm John Thurman, and you've been listening to my podcast, John Thurman's Resilient Solutions Shortcast, where I help you become more resilient in your personal life, your relationships, your business endeavors, and in your faith. And reminding you that this is the day that the Lord has made, and I'll make a choice to rejoice and be glad in it. God bless. We'll see you next week. Bye now.